0: Welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast. Every day, we see a battle of hate versus kindness. Bullies choose hate. But guess what, guys? Kindness always wins. Here at BBG, we dive into everything from overcoming bullies to building resiliency in ourselves. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Parents, let's be honest, most of us struggle a lot when it comes to a healthy relationship with our technology and with our kids. My guest today, April Whiting, is an ordinary parent who went through what we all are going through. She has a family of four boys, and she saw a need for improving their relationship with technology and her kids. So with her studies and with her findings, she created a whole program and company out of what she learned. You guys are going to love this episode, especially you parents with kids, and it should be super, super helpful. But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, and we are back, everybody. So like I said in the intro, all of us parents face the constant struggle of trying to find a healthy relationship with the tech in our lives and our children. It's super hard right now in an ever-growing tech-savvy world, which is why I am stoked for today's guest. April Whiting is the founder of the Screen Safe Project, a program she developed after figuring out the need of having our screens be safer. She's a TEDx speaker, and she dedicates her time to helping families thrive in a tech-heavy world. So welcome, welcome, April, to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm I'm super excited for you. Um, so I'm I'm so happy to finally be doing this. So, guys, we connected recently over Instagram because we were both mentored by the late Colin Karchner. Um, and guys, this girl, she the best. Like, she's been a freaking hype woman for me ever since she's like, I'm like, dang. Um, it's been so awesome getting to know you a little bit over Instagram. Um, and you're just so passionate and the nicest things to say. Um, and you're just always helping kids out this day and age. So I'm just stoked this is happening. Um
1: Uh, Well, thank you, and the feeling is absolutely mutual. I love (laughs) everything you're doing,
0: man. Well, I that I'm blushing, man. Well, let's take a (laughs) let's take a stroll down memory lane a little bit. How did you end up in this space working the Screen Safe project?
1: Okay, well, this all actually started. Um, A few years ago, I was tucking one of my kids into bed and I looked down into his eyes and I realized it was the first time that entire day that I was making eye contact with him. Mm. And um, it was just a turning point. It just, Mm. as a mom, it just hit me. And I thought, man, what am I doing? And, you know, the reason is because my eyes were down In my phone all day, and all my kids' eyes were down in their little tablets, and we were very much a family alone together, as I like to call it. Mm. And that night, I just had a wake up call and was like, Okay, this ends right now. Something has got to change. My kids are only small for a certain amount of time. Yep. And so I started that night doing research um, and I started reading everything I could. And then I crossed paths with um, my buddy, Colin Karchner, and um, reached out to him. And he was just barely um, getting started back then. And uh, we, just kind of motivated each other. And he came to my town and came over for dinner and, um, he, and then I did some training with some more colleagues and it just kind of snowballed from there. I just Mm. saw such a huge need Mm -hmm. for it. Um, as parents, whenever I would do a parent night, um, parents would just soak up anything I could give them and just wanted more and more because there just wasn't enough um, mm. research. It's getting better now. There's right. a lot of us lending our voices to this movement. back then, there wasn't very many. right. And so I just saw this giant need for it. and so I just that's I just hit the ground running. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you did. Good heavens. You've done so much. Yeah. I've watched your Ted talk. I watched your, um, when you presented to the police department, um, yeah, I, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, it was, it was, I'm
1: sorry. You are probably tired of my face and my voice.
0: Heavens. (laughs) No man. So you, you dived down and did a ton of research. Um, and, and, Before I confuse the listeners anymore, what exactly is the ScreenSafe project?
1: Okay. So the ScreenSafe project, um, it's really just a place where I am here as a mentor for parents. We are all in the trenches trying to figure this out as we go. And so... um, I am there for them. I do well. So before COVID, (laughs) right? pre-COVID, I spoke a lot in schools, which is probably my favorite. Man, I love that. Yes. 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 You know that too. And um, community nights. And um, then after my TED talk, it kind of um, just exploded and took off from there. And Um, I'm working on a few projects. I have a book coming out and, um, some other things I'm working on just to give parents more that they can, um, use as resources to help them figure out how to raise these kids in a tech world.
0: Right. It's, it's crazy. The amount of tech that gets thrown at our kids. I mean, I don't have any teaching teenagers yet. Bless my soul. Um, but <laughs> I have a, I have a two and a half year old and mm-hmm. on Tuesday we will have a one minute old. Um, oh my yeah. Goodness. yeah, so, so, but I'm so grateful that I have so many resources open for me. Like when, when we hit those, when we hit yeah. those times, like the research I've done, all of Colin's work, um, we got the screen safe project. We got better screen time. We got protect young eyes. We got so many re- resources, but back when, yeah. I mean, back when you started this, we got, we had nothing. Um, and you started right. looking there, into things.
1: Really wasn't.
0: Yeah. And yeah. what, what shocked you the most as you were doing your research?
1: Oh man. I think the biggest shocker for me was that um, a brain in front of a screen for a certain amount of time mimics a brain on cocaine.
0: Listen to that, parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hit of cocaine does yeah. the same as yeah. as an overexposed screen. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Right. And
1: that's it's crazy. And it's not an opinion. Like that is scientific backed research that if you put up a brain scan of a brain that's been in front of a screen for more than two hours, and you put up a brain scan next to it of someone who's been doing hard street drugs, they mimic each other. They yeah. look the same.
0: The images look so similar. It's crazy. It oh is, gosh.
1: it's absolutely crazy. And it's something that we just need to talk about more. Um, yeah. You know, like when you go to a restaurant and you see the toddler throwing a fit, right? you don't see the parents like hand them a bottle of beer
0: no, to calm them
1: down, <laughs> No, nope. but you do see them, sh- hu- they hurry and frantically shove a screen in front of their face and it's doing the same thing. And, but that's totally acceptable to shove a screen in front of their face to hurry and get them to calm down and be quiet. And right, I mean, it's just what we've all learned to do.
0: Yeah. Um, so early on when you first, you know, you're going through this, um, yeah. I've listened to the places you've spoken at, and you speak about this concept called incremental trust, where – let's talk about that for just a second because technology is not going anywhere, y'all. Like it's here to stay, Um, and we're not anti-tech by any means. We're just trying to own our technology and not have our technology own us, Um, but it's just not realistic to keep keep our kids away from tech forever. So it's just really important for these kids to be trained well. So what is the concept of incremental trust?
1: Right. So I saw that there was this divide in parents that either they gave their kids a smartphone when they were seven years old and were like, here you go, good luck, because I need to get a hold of you. Or the parents that are like, zero technology until you're 18 because it's the devil. And like you just said, tech is here to stay, it is not going anywhere. And so We've got to teach our kids to use it, but it's baby stepping it. So mm. it's, it's incremental trust. So um, you don't have to just hand over a smartphone to your child. You know, there's so many cool things that are coming out. So you can start with a watch phone. If yes. you feel like you need to get a hold of your child, that is a great place to start. Um, There's one called Gizmo. Gab Wireless is actually coming out with one soon, which is exciting. So that's a great place to start. And then we can baby step our way up to um, phones that just call and text, but Mm -hmm. they don't have the internet. Um, And that, you know, then you baby step there and you monitor your kids and you make sure that they're being decent humans through texting and calling And then when you feel the time is right, eventually, then there can be a smartphone with limited access, you know, um, you start with just like Facebook or Instagram and their account is joined to yours. And Mm -hmm. I always tell parents that until the day they leave your home, you should know their logins and passwords and you should use them often, um, do safety checks, random checks all the time. But um, it's just, we've got to stop just handing smartphones over to our kids with no training. It's like handing them the keys to a sports car and saying, good luck, don't crash. And then of course they crash and burn.
0: And then getting there's mad a at lot them. Of
1: yeah, and then being like, <laughs> well, why'd you crash and burn? Yeah, there's a lot of adults that don't handle <laughs> smartphones well or social media well. And yeah. so like, why are we expecting 10, 11, 12-year-olds to handle it well. And so it's kind of like a driver's ed for smartphones.
0: I love that. And it it reminds me of a concept. So I'm a school counselor by profession. And it reminds me of a concept in psychology called steps of approximation, where we start with something super small and we reinforce them for it. So like when we would, I remember in college, we were training rats to climb up the stairs, um, do a little, like go uh, do a front flip or something and then get the cheese or whatever. And like we would reinforce them when they like took one step. And then after that, we wouldn't reinforce it if they took the one step, but if they took two, then we would. Um, It's like step-by-step until they were completing the behavior that we wanted them to. Similarly guys, this, this, this concept of incremental trust, you know, you can't just hand them a fully loaded weapon and not tell them how to use it. You really need to start small. My little brother, uh, my youngest brother, he had, he had one of those, those phone watches at first all throughout middle school. You know, he had to learn some boundaries, like, you know, we can't call grandma at 10 30 PM to ask, go to lunch. (laughs) um, Um, and then, you know, incrementally going up there. Um, I love that so much. Um, so, yeah. Right after you did all your research, and that probably freaked sure. you out just a lot bit. Um, oh
1: yeah, that was an eye opener for sure. I was like, "Well, crap! I'm doing this all wrong as a mother." That's great news.
0: <laughs> Shortly after that, you and your family, you guys went on a three month period where you guys had no tech at all. We
1: how was, did.
0: How was that? Did. How did that go it, down?
1: it was actually amazing. Um, so, you know, I did all this research and I was like, okay, so basically I need to put my family in rehab. Like this is detox. That (laughs) means not cold Turkey. Right? No. So my research taught me that you cannot just rip all these devices and throw them away just cold turkey because it is dumping dopamine on their brain flooding it on their brains the same way as hard street drugs so you actually have to be careful in the way that you detox um we've seen teens take their lives because their smartphones were taken from them. It's a real thing.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a withdrawal about. symptom. It's like, it's like drugs. Oh, yeah. Like if you rip someone away yep. from cocaine after they've been doing it hard for a long time, they're going to have like physical reactions to it. Yes.
1: Yep. And it's the exact same with screens. And so I took two weeks and I slowly every day for two weeks, I took them down a little bit every day until at the end of two weeks, we got to zero. And I talk about this in my Ted talk that day one and day two of no technology was not for the faint of heart. Like there was a few times I was like, someone's going to die today. <laughs> Probably me. But then on day three, there was this switch and my kids' imaginations started coming back because I'm in i I'm real, like I'm an open book. We were severely addicted to technology. Like my kids spent hours and hours a day, unfortunately in front of screens. And so did I. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then there was the switch and there little imagination started coming back. And I also learned in my research that you have to replace the addiction with something. So, yep. um, Amazon loved me because I ordered <laughs> Legos and art kits and board games. And, um, and so we just started doing all these really cool things as a family and brought the sounds and sights of childhood back into my home and those months were actually sacred like Mm. it was an amazing time in my home um those connections that screens had taken away like they were back in full force Mm. there's so much power behind eye contact oh yeah especially with your children. They Mm -hmm. need that. They need that so much. It teaches empathy. It makes them feel safe and loved. And when you have your eyes down in a screen all day, and they, if they do as well, you are lacking a lot of eye contact. Mm -hmm. And so they, I mean, they were thriving. Fighting was almost non-existent. Whereas before it was constant fighting and chaos. Mm. Um, It was just, uh, it really, I hate to make it sound cheesy and dramatic, (laughs) but it was absolutely life changing. Like it was, it changed
0: our lives. Man, that is beautiful. I feel like something that the screens are robbing our kids of because I mean, the overexposure to being flooded with dopamine all the time in their brains when they experience those, those little fun, simple little things, it's not enough because they've been overexposed to dopamine so long. So like the simple pleasures are no longer there. And so like detoxing a little bit allows those, like those simple pleasures to be pleasures. Like we don't want to rob kids of those.
1: Yes, for real. It's so true. And the good news is because sometimes when I go talk to parents and they're just, you know, emotions run high. Because nobody wants to be a bad parent.
0: No, nobody
1: wants to be doing the wrong things for their kids. And I always tell parents like, this is judgment-free zone. Yep. There's no judgment here. And when you know better, you do better. Yep. And we just haven't known like all this research, it's pretty new. Yeah. And this technology has just been like dumped on us and just exploded And we are the first generation raising kids in a tech-heavy world. Like this is on us. Yeah, we've got to figure this out as we go. We don't have a past generation to reference and say, "Hey, how did you handle technology with your kids?" They're like, "There was a TV that worked and had three channels sometimes." (laughs) Right. And so, um, you know, the good news is is that the brain is like plastic. You can mold it and yes. remold it and shape it. You can undo the damage.
0: And the younger you are, and the more plasticity.
1: So, mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. And so like, we got to step in, we got to do it now, but it is possible. And just like you said, um, you know, it's just when we take away that dopamine, that constant dopamine flood and, the little things in life do suddenly become more enjoyable again whereas before when you know you're you have all that dopamine constantly flooded on your brain and then you go outside and you're like well this is boring
0: right <laughs> right man so for you and your family how did you find that balance between screens and social media and everything because yeah. i mean after that 3 months i mean kind of had to yeah. come back to reality what what, sure. when did it, what ended up working for your family
1: yeah. So it's funny because there's a lot of people when they hear my story, they're like, well, why the heck did you bring technology back if this was such a sacred, amazing time for your family? And I'm like, well, because technology is not going anywhere. I'm it's not here to stay. <laughs> yeah. And so it's our job as parents to teach our kids to have healthy relationships with technology. And so I started bringing screens back just a little bit at a time. And um, then I started doing something called stopping cues. Because if you think about technology and the way that we used to be entertained before technology blew up, so, you know, you'd, you'd watch your favorite TV show and then you turn it off and you had to wait an entire week for the next episode. You could not binge watch. So, yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, kids had to yeah. like kids will never know the 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 panic of trying to
1: right? trying to
0: pee in between commercial breaks.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then like your brother yells from the other room, "It's back on!" and you're like hurtling over couches because there was no pause button. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and then like, you know, if you wanted to learn the, what was going on in the world, you'd grab the morning newspaper and then you'd read the newspaper and you'd fold it up and you'd set it aside and you'd move on with your day. We had all these stopping cues, natural stopping cues that were just a part of our everyday life.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, if you think of that in contrast to today,
0: mm-hmm. we
1: have no stopping cues. You can binge watch hours and hours of shows. You can get lost in the news of what's going on. The weather, you know, funny cat videos for five hours. We have no stopping cues. And so we've got to figure out how to create our own stopping cues in our everyday lives or else we get lost in technology so easily. So um, I always tell families the number one thing, if you only do one think, let it be device-free dinners. Hmm. If that's all you can handle right now, then just start with that. There's so much to be said for sitting down as a family and having dinner with no distractions, no devices. It's so powerful and so important for your kids. So I'm a huge advocate of that. So um, we started with device-free dinners, and um we have a rule there's no screens in bedrooms overnight all technology has a bedtime it goes on a central charging station in mom and dad's bedroom at night and we have login and passwords to everything and um that's when we do our safety checks we check you know search history and text messages and to make sure that they're being safe and making good choices. And so, and then, um, just stopping cues, like you're not allowed to take your device in the bathroom with you and you have to use your devices in, you know, either the living room or the kitchen. Yeah. Um, yeah. so just, you have to look at your life, yes. your everyday life and figure out where you can implement stopping cues. If you need to set alarms on your phone or whatever, but this isn't a one and done conversation. Nope. This is like a weekly conversation. Um, I have to check myself constantly because of what I do for a living. I have to be online quite a bit. And I can start feeling that dopamine flood, I tell you, and I get off at the end of the day and it's hard for me to sit down and read a book Yeah, because, you know, it's, and it's unfortunate, but, um, so it's a constant conversation that you have to have with your family. And I mean, be real about it, be open about it. Like me and my husband, if we find ourselves, if one of us is on our screens for too long, we just say pineapple, (laughs) because then it doesn't feel like I'm like, hey, you suck. You have been on your screen for way too long today. Or we'll just like text a pineapple emoji and it's just a good reminder, you know? (laughs) But it's just little things like that, that you just, you have to do constantly because none of us are above this dopamine flood and the addiction that comes from these screens.
0: Yeah, and I love that. I love that. Parents, everybody, you know, your situation. So come up with a game plan. That's going to work for you. Come up with screen free zones in your house. You know, the, who, the, the, what, how long, where all those, just the simple, simple things come up with those stopping cues. I love that. Yeah. So to kind of switch gears here, I speak a lot about bullying, you know, how social media is the biggest Mm -hmm. bully out there and all that jazz in your experience. How has social media and phones affected how kids treat each other?
1: Oh man, we could, we could be here a while. (laughs) There's so much to be said about it because like when I was growing up and I had a bully and she was mean and scary and she thought I stole her boyfriend. I don't know. I don't remember. I know. (laughs) But one day she was like, I'm going to kick your butt after school. And I was like, well, this is the day I die. But the school bell rings and I high hightail at home and I have a bowl of cereal and I play some basketball and life's okay again, you know, right. you reset, spend time with your family. Right. These days that bully follows them home. That bully is in their bedroom all night because mm-hmm. of a smartphone. Yep. And so they don't get a break from it. It's just a whole... Different ball game these days, and us as parents, it's hard for us to. I think we tend to be like, well, when I was in school, da 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 da. Well, it's it's so much different now, right? And it's so easy to say something mean behind a screen because you're not seeing facial expressions, you're not seeing what that is doing to another person um there's studies that we are lacking empathy these days because how do you learn empathy well one of the main ways you learn empathy is by reading facial expressions yep, yep. and we are losing that
0: very much so yeah that's For what sure. i've noticed so,
1: too yeah
0: and that um i noticed that like because because of that constant dopamine rush from the screens Kids get kind of grouchy towards anyone that interrupts that, that rush with trying to be yes. a person. Um, and so they lash out. You know, I always tell people bullies are not born. They're bred, um, m- usually not by their parents, but by social media, by their screens. Um, so I know there, there are parents, they're going to be listening, um, who are just overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. (laughs) What are, what are some of those just, so you talked some of them earlier, but what are some of those just simple yet powerful things that parents can start just basic starting points that will help them things improve.
1: Yep. So we talked about device-free dinners. That's number one. Number two, get devices out of your kids' bedrooms at night. And they are going to tell you, well, I have to have it for my white noise and my alarm clock. Well, you can go on Amazon or Walmart or whatever and you can buy a noise machine and you can buy an alarm clock. Um, but we've got to take devices out of bedrooms. Number one, kids aren't sleeping well. Nope. They hear... Um, that pink and they have to check it. Bing. And so they're losing sleep. Number two, that is when they're making bad choices yep. is during the middle of the night. And I've had a lot of parents that they're like, well, I put on parental controls and <laughs> my kids can't use their phones from 10 PM to 6 AM. Well, guess what? They just go on their phone and they change the time zone and they're on their phone all night.
0: Ta-da. It's easy
1: as that. So you've got to take phones out of bedrooms at night. So you can start with those things. And then, you know, um, I have parents that are like, okay, I need to know every app that's dangerous. I need to know, you know, I, I need to become an expert in all these apps and the technology and the best router. And yes, all these things are important and those things are great. But I want you to become an expert in your relationship with your child. Yes. That is the absolute best thing you can do. If you don't have open lines of communication with your child, um, that's a problem because your kids, I call it, your kids need a safe place to fail because yes. they're going to, they are going to fail big time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're just gonna, we all did and failure is the best teacher. That's when we learn. That's where we learn. And our reaction to that matters so much. So start having sit in the trenches with your kids have, I used to call them hard conversations, but they're brave. Yeah, They're brave conversations. Ask your kids things like, Hey, do you know what a sex predator is online? What do you do if Um, I love protect young eyes. Chris McKenna calls them tricky people Yep, and teach them about that and ask them role play. Um, that's a great teacher for them or bullying. You know, what are you going to do? If someone calls you this online, what do you do? Um, if you get in over your head with sending inappropriate pictures, you know, you can come to me, right. And we'll Mm -hmm. figure this out together. These are all conversations we need to be having with our children. And I always tell parents the best place to have these conversations is in the car. Yes. Your kids will open up so much because our kids do better shoulder to shoulder. When you are face to face with older kids, the eye contact actually gives them a fight or flight. Yes. Yes um, mentality when you're having these brave conversations, they also need eye contact, but during these brave conversations, shoulder to shoulder is actually what you want. So you can go on a walk, you can go on a car ride and start just, I mean, this is the conversations that we have to have with our kids and it's weekly. This is not a, okay, we're going to do this really hard conversation once. And then I'm off the hook. I'm done. Nope. Let this be a normal conversation in your home. The word pornography should just be completely normal in your
0: home. Yes. I love that. First, first, first family free dinners, and then get your phones out of the bedroom so we can do some safety checks and all that good stuff. And then get to know your kid. Something that April says a lot. You are your child's best app. You are their best lifeline. So be in the trenches, get to know them, know them so that they can trust you. Um, wow. Yes. I love this. Oh, so many good things. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so many good yes. things. April, how can people find you? Shameless plug time.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, they can find me at screensafeproject.com I'm on Instagram at thescreensafeproject. I have a TV show called Screen Smart. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, my TED Talk, Abducted by Technology. I'm just everywhere, I guess.
0: (laughs) Love it. And all those are going to be in the show notes. So go check her out, go follow her, Um, all that good stuff. Go on over to Instagram. Um, I'm there too, bulliesbe.gon for your daily dose of positivity. Um, And always remember guys, you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. We'll see you on the next one.